0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake, you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. incredible message. We're talking about This Is Us. How many have seen the show, or that's like your show? A few of you? A few of you? Okay. And uh, This Is Us is in regards to who are we as a church, and who are we? What differentiates us? And we talked about the Holy Spirit. We said we're a spirit-filled church. We're spirit-filled believers. What does that look like? How do we live that out? How does that operate within our lives? And we're just going to continue that today. In the show, This Is Us, and I'm not condoning the show, but in the show, there's a few times where it talks about um, how they're all connected. You know, there's There's six degrees of separation, people say, from from everyone. We used to own a game called Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. (laughs) No no joke. They said everybody is related to Kevin Bacon somehow. So if you didn't know if you're related to a celebrity, there you go. You're related to Kevin Bacon. Um, Did that just make your day or what? You're related to Kevin Bacon. But last week, what was really cool, and we didn't plan this, we had uh, our purple book afterwards, and this is foundational, really going through the Bible and we looked at the Holy Spirit, and, and it was just amazing how it intertwined with, with the message. And gee, yeah, I wonder whose plan that was. And uh, God had a big plan. And while we were in our meeting, one of the things that came up was when God puts something on your heart, when, when the Holy Spirit leads you to do something, and, and sometimes it's a little scary, isn't it? If, if God kind of leads you out on a limb, and here's what I, I, I'm going to pick on them just for a moment. Um, I know the, the friends, and I know some of the people involved, but last week, somebody in our group really said, that kind of scares me when that happens, but God led me and told me I was supposed to go up to somebody in the church and pray for them, and, and I knew the couple. I knew the couple that, you know, she had prayed for, and without giving specifics out, and these are great specific testimonies, I know. Um, she went up and, and prayed for them, and I know, like, she really needed that prayer, the person that she prayed for. And I thought, how cool is that? And the person that did it said, I was so scared to death because what happens if I get it wrong? What happens? Like, like I'm just scared. I'm more introverted. I'm, I'm you know, kind of nervous about doing that. Now, I have to tell you, you might say, you know, I, I can understand the introvert. I'm like an extroverted introvert. What I mean by that is I get my... Uh, I I get filled up when I just in like by myself with God and anyone else like that. You just like to be by yourself Like just let me have my me time and that's where I get filled up I'm like that. I also like hanging out with everybody and people as well So i'm kind of like an extroverted introvert and sometimes I think we get so scared because we're going I'm putting myself out there. What if the holy spirit leads me to be a missionary in africa? What if the holy spirit tells me i'm supposed to go into full-time ministry? What you know, I I, and then we get scared of what god wants but who loves us more than God? Why would God not want the best for you? Why would he not? You know, the church nowadays gets termed, are you a spirit-filled church or are you a seeker-sensitive church? And here's what I want to say to both those sides. Every church should have the Holy Spirit, okay? But then the second part is every church should realize there's no one more sensitive to the seeker than the Holy Spirit, okay? It's, it's kind of like a, it's a weird debate going on that really doesn't matter, um, I just, you know, I was talking to Corey, who's doing a great job on sound today. Thank you, sir. Um, this morning I realized I have known my wife longer than I haven't known my wife. Any, anyone there yet? Have you known your spouse long? Yeah. Isn't that just funny? And we started out in this little double wide trailer and, uh, we lived. we loved it. We enjoyed our life. It was, it was simple. Some of you know, we, we'd watch wheel of fortune at night we, you know, have little Caesar bag salad all prepped and ready to go. Can of green beans and hamburger helper. Can I get in. amen? It was so, it was, it was a simpler time. You know, I made shepherd's pie from scratch last night in the cast iron skillet. Things have gotten just weird. Um, it was good. Oh, it was good. But I do like hamburger. I love junk food. And I remember we were sitting there. We were having this just beautiful dinner together. Just the two of us on our crappy carpet rug our linoleum scarred and scuffed floor. And we just, we loved it in our little, you remember what TVs used to look like, you know, like you used to have to put on binoculars to see your TV. And that's changed. And, uh, we're sitting there enjoying life. And all of a sudden on our door, I hear like the most like satanic knock I've ever heard. It was like, <laughs> and I was like, what in the world is that? And so I go up to my door and it's this psycho lady, just like, she's insane. and, and she's like, "Hey, I'm die or something." She's like, "Do you have any money?" <laughs> Whoa. Well, uh, yeah. What, what? I I need to pay my social security. Sounds like a personal problem, but okay. Um, Want to be the Christian, be the nice guy. I was associate pastor at the time. I said, "Well, how much do you need? I need twenty bucks." So I go out, give her twenty bucks, and she leaves. Never see her again. I was like, "That was weird." Then about four months later. We're sitting there. We're having just you know a nice, nice family night, and again, I hear <laughs> and threw it out. I go up to the door, and it's her again, and and she's just like I don't know. Have you ever just met somebody? You're like it just feels like evil. Something's not right with this person. Like you want to kick them, but you know you should love them. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Okay, I'm just confessing my junk to you. Come on, somebody. Have you ever driven on the road? So, she comes up, boom, 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 boom. I go open to the door, and she says, "Hey." I'm like, "What's up?" She's like, "Do you have any eggs?" Sure. So I go over to the kitchen, I get some eggs, I bring her some eggs. Hey, do you have any potatoes? So I go over, I get some potatoes, I bring her some potatoes. Hey, do you have any mustard? I'm like, "What in the world?" So I bring her mustard. Do you have any mayo? Yeah, I bring her mayo. And finally, I'm like, "Can I just ask you something?" Yeah. What are you making? Potato salad. I'm <laughs> like. She asked for potatoes, too. I gave her every ingredient, you know? It was like, I had it there, so she made it. So she'd go in, and I was just ticked. I was just mad because I was like, I'm all about being nice. I want to be benevolent. I want to reach out to those in need. There comes a point, though, <laughs> you know? Anybody have that point, that threshold? Mine got passed, and I was like, I'm done with this. So I made a promise to God. Don't make promises to God. Just don't do it. And I said to God, I said, God, if she ever comes back, I'm going to get up in her business and I'm going to preach Jesus to her how much you love her. A month goes by, I don't see her. Two months, six months. A year goes by and I don't see her. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. This is awesome. My buddy from college who I hadn't seen in a couple years comes over and we're having dinner together. I hadn't seen him in years. He moved to Michigan. He's a pastor out there. And so we're sitting here enjoying our conversation. I have him for one hour. That's it. You're already ahead of me. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, oh, God, here it is. Here it is. And I knew. As soon as I heard the satanic knock, I knew what it was. And I'm just like, all right. So I get get up in her business. I go right up to her. And I'm like, she comes up. You have? I said, look, do you know Jesus? And she, like, backed down a little bit off the railing. I said, no, do you know him? And and she's, like, looking at me and getting scared, starts shaking, actually. And I said, do you know Jesus Christ? He's the one that can set you free. And I said, you know what? You keep coming here to need. You're probably going to other neighbors in need, too. We'll gladly help you, but that's not going to supply all your needs and riches in his glory. And that's only Jesus can do that. And she's looking at me like, she gets really small. It's really small. And she walks away. Never saw her again after that. Never saw her again. Prayed for her. Wanted her to be healed. You know? And and I don't know if she was possessed. I don't know. It was this weird situation. But I knew in my heart of hearts when I had told God, God, I'm going to do this next time. That He held me accountable to it. You know? Told Jesus to her. Shared. Probably not in the most loving way. But I didn't kick her. Okay? Just saying. I, I let her receive Jesus if she wanted to. Let me say this. I believe our lives can be completely transformed if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead them. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in every single situation. If you do that, it'll transform your life. Okay, I can't force you to do that. I can't motivate you to do that. But I can show you truth and I can share with you experiences that have done that. If you're with me, say yeah. Acts chapter 19, verse 2. I'll put it on the screen for you. Paul. Paul asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed. It's a weird question, isn't that? It's a really strange question. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. Huh? Interesting. Okay. They were already baptized with water. They were believers, but they had not yet even known there was this Holy Spirit. I am willing to say today to stand here, I believe some of our churches, some of the things in life, some of our lives don't reflect the fact that we believe in the Holy Spirit. I don't believe mine always does. I want it to. I do. I'm not perfect, but do you know there's one? Do you know there's one? That's our purple cow, isn't it? This is us. That's our purple cow. When you see a bunch of cows on a field and you go, "Whats Well, that one's purple? I'm going to stop and take a picture. Part of that is the fact that we are spirit-filled. We're spirit-led. You know, something that that makes us go where we wouldn't go. Something that makes us run to people we wouldn't run to. Something that helps us get on the right track and stay on the right track. One of the things that I see time and time again within the church that just is heart-wrenching for a pastor is you see somebody come in, you see them give their life to Christ, you see them violently and awesomely transformed. You just see them like, just boom, they're changed. And then all of a sudden, the next couple years, those are the tough years. Because all the emotions are gone. All the fun is gone. All the excitement and the energy of, man, this is new. This is so awesome. And all of a sudden, it becomes this, i got to make this real. The only way that we can do that, in my belief, is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it becomes a bunch of legalistic garbage rather than this awesome potential of a relationship that it could be. I want to live in the could be, not in the as is. That's me. I can only get to the could be with the power of the Holy Spirit and his leading. The Holy Spirit that scares people. How many, don't raise your hand, but how many of you have ever been scared of the Holy Spirit? Last week we said it's been called the Holy Ghost. It's not biblical. It seems to confuse people. I've even actually, I've seen the Holy Spirit rip churches apart and denominations apart. But the Bible makes it extremely clear that the Holy Spirit gives you power in your life. Well, that's weird. Why do, I, why do I want this power? What is this power? Check this out in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Remember, Luke wrote Acts. We talked about that last week. Luke wrote right here in the first chapter. Okay? Hold on, take take that off just for a second. Don't get distracted yet. Jesus was there with his disciples, breathed on them, said, receive the Holy Spirit, and then he ascended into heaven. What a trip, man. Wouldn't that be cool to see? Like I just I, I want to be there, you know, if I had my DeLorean and my super, you know kicks that, you know, lace themselves. I would go see that. That's what I would want to see. Just what does that look like? You know, Jesus, Jesus going up, you know, and I don't know about you. I'm just keeping it real. Jesus was wearing like a skirt thing. What is he doing? Like he's just going like that. Seriously. I mean, when I picture it, I'm going, what, you know, I don't know how it works, but he went up and they watched him go. And then he says, I'm going to send the counselor. I'm going to send another counselor, not the counselor, but another Jesus was going, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm God manifesting in the flesh. But, yo, bro, yo, sis, I got to go. I have to go. And so I'm going to send another. And what happens in our life is so often we go, man, I remember Jesus. I can relate to Jesus. I see Jesus. Jesus was human. But I'm missing the fact that the Holy Spirit was sent for you and for me to lead us, to guide us, to be there. And so we read here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the what? Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's all about going. It never stops. The Holy Spirit continues alive. It's all about the could be, not about the as is. It keeps going. We'll, we'll dive into that more in just a moment. If I were to ask you, though, to describe the Holy Spirit to me, if I said, and I'm not going to do this, but if I said, turn to your neighbor right now, and how, you know, how would you describe the Holy Spirit to them? What would you say? You know, we looked at this last week. This is us. This part of the Holy Spirit. And it's the most ignored part of God. And yet, He's divine. Now, any, do any of you like, like, weird Bible stories? Anybody like the bizarre scriptures like me? Any Like, you like to look them up and just, I don't know, they're fun. You know, Elijah, you know, he's called bald. And he calls down these bears and they come maul these kids. I mean, I'm. it's a great story. You know, and, and then it's... Um, Zephaniah chapter five verses five through eight, you know, you see, you read this prophecy of this cover of lead is lifted, and in there was a woman, and the guy goes, "That's evil! Shut the lid!" You know, I just, I just think those things are funny. You know, it's taken out of context, obviously, but this is one of those stories to me. All the disciples at the beginning of Acts, they have everything in common. It'd be like all of us here, but multiplied by thousands, going, "Hey, we're going to sell all of our possessions. We're going to live in community." You know, we're not, we're no longer going to have anything individually. We're going to give to everybody in need. If there's somebody in our congregation, we're going to give to them. You know, if there's somebody that's desperate, we're going to pray for them. Kind of sounds like the church, right? That's what they were doing. And so they got together and some of them went and they sold all their possessions. And they said, I'm going to give this land to this group of people. I'm going to give this to the apostles and they can spread it out how they see fit. Well, there was one couple named Ananias and Sapphira. And if you've read this story, this story is just crazy. Ananias and Sapphira did this. They sold their possessions. And and then they did something, though. They didn't give it away. They kept some of it for themselves. You know, they, they were deceitful. You know, now if they wouldn't have promised to God that they were going to do something, I don't think God would have had, you know, as big a deal about it. But Because they made a commitment to God to follow his Holy Spirit and his leading, the Holy Spirit did something that we don't see anywhere else in Scripture. And I want you to catch this. Right here, chapter 5, verse 3 and 4 of Acts. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the what? How can you lie to the Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit isn't a person? The Holy Spirit's part of God, isn't it? Okay? And have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Didn't it belong before it was sold? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? Now check this out. You have not lied to human beings, but to who? Who do you lie to? You lied to the Holy Spirit. So right here we see the Holy Spirit is God, okay? Some people, you know, doubt this. I've seen this rip apart church. They think, well, the Holy Spirit's just like God's arm stretched out. No, it's an incredible part of the Godhead that we so miss that if we have in our lives, it will give us the power to transform the world if you let it. Within your circle of influence, I'm not saying, well, you got to sign up and be an, a missionary to Africa. I'm not saying you got to sign up and go plant the church and be crazy, you know. Uh, I don't know who would do that. Um, you, I'm not saying that God would tell you to do anything like that. But if you just say, God, utilize me in the platform that you give me to have value and to add value to those around me. He will. He will. You know, we talk about, whoa, well, I could be the only Jesus with skin on to those around me. What if we say this? I could be the only Holy Spirit to those around me. Now, I'm not saying get up in their business and tell them what they need to know or that. That's what gives the church a bad name. But just being there for them. I don't know if you know the end of the story. But in Ananias and Sapphira's case, the Holy Spirit kills them. And drags their dead corpses <laughs> across the floor, outside of the house. If you just read it, some it's crazy. It's the only time in Scripture we see this. It's one of those crazy stories. Why was that? It's because they blasphemed the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and some people say, well, blaspheme of the Holy Spirit, that's the only unpardonable sin. Well, we're not going to get into that. What I want to say is this. Any of us who doubt the Holy Spirit can't ask the Holy Spirit to lead our lives. It's just like it says in James, if you come to me, you need to believe I exist, says God we got to believe when we come to him. The Holy Spirit is our guide. Anyone here remember life before Google Maps? Do you remember that? Again, that was a simpler time, wasn't it? But do you remember like printing off the Do you remember those, the big atlas that you would have in your seat with you trying to figure out exactly where you were going? We went on a little road trip last week, and my wife had to get that out because we were in a dead zone, and my GPS wasn't working. Have you been there? It's like scary. I'm going, God, I don't know where to go. Help. And my wife is like, it's okay. I got old school papers right here. I can look. All right, thank you. You know, and we followed it. But that that was kind of like our guide. We knew exactly where we were going. We were able to follow a map, punch in the coordinates. You know, I have a GPS. I can get within six feet of the spot. I want to fish. This is crazy technology. You know, it's incredible. The Holy Spirit will guide us. Not to where we want to go, but but where we need to go. And a lot of times we think, well, the Holy Spirit's going to use me to bless others. A lot of times the Holy Spirit wants your heart. Um, I was a youth pastor for years, and I worked, uh, and some of you know this story, I worked as a waiter for years. That's how I paid my way through college. And I worked at Chi-Chi's. you remember Chi-Chi's? Oh, man, it was good food, you know? And uh, they had a bad E. coli thing that shut them all down. Um, bummer. And uh, well, I worked at Chi Chi's. They had these things, um, these jalapeno cheddar tortillas. You remember those? Oh my gosh, they were so good. Well, us waiters, we were known for this, and we would go in the back cooler, in the big walk in cooler, and we would just take like packs of them. They were huge, you know, like 10, 20 packs of them, because they were that good. And I'd bring them back to college, and I'd make sandwiches out of them, and all this. I didn't tell any of the managers or anything like this. In fact, I wasn't even convicted about it. I just stealing their food. I'm like, cool. Well, stuff will catch up with you in a weird way, doesn't it, at times? If it hasn't yet, I'm praying for you, okay? So I get this kid, and I take him out for lunch. And we're just having this little conversation over at the table. And, and have you ever been in this place? Maybe you're even here right now where... Where you're having a conversation, but God's trying to, like, have a conversation with you at the same time. And you're, like, trying to listen to both. And if you're a guy, I'm sorry. It's it's over. You're like, I can't do it, you know? I'm talking to this kid, and I got the Holy Spirit going, time to repent. The time is now. Time to get this right. I'm going, I I don't want to listen to that voice. That's not the voice. Uh Uh-uh. That's not the voice of God. Don't like that voice. I didn't like that voice, but I knew that was the voice of God. And God was saying, and I looked over. And we had these little waiter stations. You know, you see where the waiters go and it looks like they're getting stuff for you. They're just complaining about you is what they're doing. And, and so I go over and, and, uh, maybe that was just our guys. And, and I look and the manager I worked for was right here and he's standing and, and the Holy Spirit is so in me. And some people say, well, it's a gut feeling. That's the Holy Spirit. Your gut's not that powerful. Only after White Castle. And so I go in there and, and I'm, I'm standing there and I'm going, God, what do I do? Cause I want to, I'm trying to have, A lunch with a youth that I'm trying to bless. And the Holy Spirit said, then let him see you as you are, not as you want to be portrayed. Okay, God, have it your way. Wasn't even Burger King, so I get up and I go to the manager. I like, do you have a second? Yeah, this was like, I don't know, a year after I worked there. And I said, hey, I got to tell you. When I was here as a waiter, I used to go back in the cooler and I took these cheddar jalapeno tort. He's like, oh yeah, they're really good. I said, I know. I used to take all of them back to my college dorm room. I said, I just really feel like I'm supposed to tell you I'm sorry and I'll pay back whatever whatever I owe you. Just name an amount and I'll give it to you. His name was Mike, the manager. Very stone cold kind of guy, hard working, burly dude. Smoked probably 20 packs of camels a day, just kind of guy. He's crying right there. And I'm going, what is it? And he he puts his arm around me. This is weird, man. You're working, you know? And you're like this big burly dude. What are you doing? He says, I've worked here for 12 years, and not one time has anyone come and apologized. We watch it on the security cameras all the time. In fact, we have to budget thousands of dollars for food waiters and bartenders pay. He's like, thank you. I said, hey, I'm just trying to live the life for God. That's what I'm doing. Tell me more. to talk to a little bit. I go back in the youth ask me, what was that about? Just trying to lead a spirit led life. Not perfect at it. Screw it up sometimes. But I'm trying to hear the voice of God. That's our guide. That's our guide. John 16, verse 13, the first part of it says this. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He guides you there. Did I want to do that? No, I don't want to do that. Did I want to preach to you about my junk? No. But God used it for his glory. Isn't that what our lives should be about anyway? Can I hear an amen? Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit's also our counselor. A counselor. You know, we, uh, we, for, we, we hired an associate pastor a few years ago. And it didn't work. It wasn't the right fit. And so then we had a search committee this next time. You know it took us 18 months to find Pastor Derek. 18 months. Can I just say I love that man and his family and that was 18 months well spent in patience and waiting. I just have to say, God knew. But one of the parts of the story that you maybe don't know is our search committee got together before Derek and we're sitting here together in the K through 5 room about a year and a half ago and we have seven candidates. And some of these candidates, just to give you an idea, these are high caliber leaders. Some of them are from Eaglebrook. Some of them are from other churches that you would know of. And, And we're going through, and we get to the end, and we're asking God to lead us. And so we fill out this little survey. Some of you were in there with me. And we get to the end and go, let's see who the highest person was. And we had, I think there was about 10 of us in the room. And we get to the end, we fill out this little Excel spreadsheet to see, you know, which candidate had the highest level. Which one did we like the best? There was no uniformity at all. None of us had one that that came up and we could have right there settled. We could have said, well, this person's good enough. But we chose as a leadership staff, we chose as an elder board, we chose as people on that search committee to say, we're still waiting on God's best. And so we need to let the Holy Spirit give us counsel and guidance. Well, I had, last year I I finished a a book, wrote my first book and I don't sell it. It's it's on church planting. It would probably, you'd love it and probably hate it. I don't know. And uh, I give it to other pastors and my editor says, "Hey, I have somebody in my class that you might really like. He's one of the professors at North Central, and uh, that was Derek. And Derek and I talked, and all of a sudden, it was just you. Just you know how you just know sometimes. That's the Holy Spirit. We're not that smart, okay? That's the Holy Spirit giving us guidance and counsel. He's our counselor. The Holy Spirit is a lot of things. He's many things. The Hebrew name for the Holy Spirit. One of them is Ruah Elohim. Ruah." means spirit. Elohim means many. So it's many names for the Holy Spirit. means the same spirit, but many attributes. Here's what's super... Can I just get like geeky biblically on you for just a second? Yes? This side... All right, come over here. This side doesn't care. All right, so... Okay, so, so here's what's really cool. The first word... We actually talked about this at Purple Book last week. The first word for God in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis. Okay? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis one. That word for God right there is Elohim. That, God, that, that word for God right there, Elohim, is plural but we still serve one God. So what do we do with that? It's the fact that God has many attributes. It's the fact that there's a Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we see that same name represented when it's talked about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. I just think it's cool, so thanks for letting me get Biblically nerdy on you just for a second. Alright? Let me say this. Don't let or allow your tradition or your doctrine to get in the way of seeing the Holy Spirit for who he really is. You know, this morning we were praying and and Becca prayed. uh, One of the things she prayed and she led on keys this morning. She prayed it again. What she said, let every word be of you, meaning, meaning of God. Let every word be God's word, not mine. I don't want you to take any words that I'm saying. I want you to test everything against Scripture that I say the next few weeks. Okay? Last week, test it against Scripture. Look at it. Look for yourself. Well, I don't know that the Holy Spirit operates this anymore. What does the Bible say? Get in the Word of God. Look for yourself. That's my encouragement to you. What does it really say? Don't let that doctrine, don't let your your past or your story get in the way or if a church hurt you before if you went to a super charismatic church or you went to a church that was like a funeral service. I don't know. But wherever you are at, go, all right, God, let me see your Holy Spirit through your word and through your eyes for who you really are. That's my prayer. I'm asking you to pray today and this week. The Holy Spirit gives us power. We talked about that in Acts 8 let Let's put that back up on the screen. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Here's what never gets preached on this verse, and this is what's super Cool. Think about this. The Trinity, you've got what? The Father, the... And the... All right. Okay. So, Calvary, where Christ died on the hill, on the cross, or the tree, depending on what version you read. Jesus dies on the cross. The Father, I believe, is there. The Father did that for you and for me. Okay? On Calvary. Calvary represents God for us. Okay? it represents God for us? Bethlehem. Do you know what the town of Bethlehem means? It's where Jesus is born. What does it mean? It means God is with us. Or where Emmanuel came. In. That means God with us. That's what Bethlehem represents. Here we see, we're talking about Pentecost. Okay? Pentecost, the Holy Spirit actually represents God in us. God for us. God is with us. Now with the Holy Spirit, God is in us. Now, That doesn't mean that you and I are, you know, mini-gods. We're not God, okay? None of us are. In fact, before I was a church person, you know what my theology was? There's a God and I'm not it. That was it. That was okay. That was a decent theology. Really shallow and missing just about everything, but it was a good start. Why would God give us this power? Why would God give us the power of the Holy Spirit? Let me just say this. This might sound a little weird, but... I don't want anybody to get in an accident. But let's say you get in a car accident. okay? And it's bad. It's really bad. At that time, just think about it for a moment. At that time, would you rather have a Bible or a miracle? I want a miracle. I want a miracle. That's through the power of the Holy Spirit. The apostles, they came and they laid hands on them. They received the Holy Spirit. In Acts 10, a whole household, his name's Cornelius, sat there and Peter preached them. And while Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on them as they heard the word of God. In Acts 19, Paul found certain disciples, believers in Ephesus, who didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. So Paul laid his hands on them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to ask for the Holy Spirit. He won't force himself on you. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you then, though you are evil, he's talking about all of us, thank you, that's very encouraging, we're a life-giving church, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? You want the Holy Spirit? You ask for the Holy Spirit. You know, if a man is filled with anger, anger controls his life, doesn't it? Back me up, counselors. We have quite a few counselors in our house, right? If a man is filled with greed, then greed dominates his life. If a man is filled with lust, lust governs his life. If a man is filled with love, love influences all he does. Those are all, that's great quality. And if a man is filled with the Holy Spirit, he's controlled by the Spirit. It is, if you will, controlled by consent. Holy Spirit, I give you the right to lead me and guide me and give me the power you desire. You ever wonder what that power is for? What's that power for? Let me show you this last scripture. Close with the story and we're going to sing one more song together. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. It says, and these, what? Say it with me, everybody. And these will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. So that means we've got to be a crazy snake handling kind of place, right? We got to get some poison and drink it. See what happens. Come on, context. That's not what it means. Okay? You're like, I'm running for the door right now. I'm scared. (laughs) I'd be too, man. I'd be out of here. All right? What it's saying is it gives you a power that's supernatural that you can't do things on your own. And now with the power of God, you can. You can walk through something that maybe is tough to walk through. You can realize that even the good in your life is because God is gracious to you and has allowed you to have that, even though we don't deserve it. It's that simple. That's the that power you want. Fasting grows, fastest growing movement in all of history right now, study done by C. Peter Wagner, um, is the spiritual churches. There's never been a movement military anywhere, more powerful on earth than today's movement of the Holy Spirit filled churches. Nowhere ever, ever you can't say that God's not in there you know I'm not, I'm not going to get up on stage and say well Jesus is coming back on this day and this day but in the Bible it said Jesus was coming back soon so no matter what our theology is, it's sooner now and I believe God's preparing the hearts of his people and his church to receive even more that he has for us it starts with one person you know, my wife and I, we used to live behind County Market we built a house there in 2003 thought we were going to live there for years we had our plans figured out if you have your plans figured out, I'm going to pray for you (laughs) because you don't have a clue man, I did when you surrender your plan to God He will mess with you and it's fun, it's fun (laughs) it's not, I was fun Bread, I delivered pizzas for Domino's because we didn't know where our next paycheck was going to come from. I had no idea. And uh, I remember delivering Domino's and I was bringing home some really good cheesy bread. As good as it can be. Domino's. And uh, I saw a car right on the median right where we all put the light on Highway 47 right there at McDonald's. Took a left on Patterson Drive to get up to my house. Took a left on Lipman, Took a right on 239. Left on Navajo. That's where we live. Third house on the right. Stop in there. Pizza delivery guy. I know every address. It's kind of weird. Get out. And I have this food. Well, this car I passed was stranded. And, and I went home. And I thought, no, no big deal. There's this little voice. Call it your gut if you want. But I'm not going to call the Holy Spirit a gut. The Holy Spirit said, you need to go back right now. With you, I had one for the snowblower, so I grabbed the gas tank, had the cheesy breads in the car. I went back, and I just got out, and I said, "You need gas, don't you?" He's like, "How did you know?" I think it's just a God thing, man. He's like, "Oh, thank you." And so I just started pouring gas in this tank. He's like, "I just live, you know, just past where you guys are." At. I said, "That's awesome." And I said, "And, and I did the biggest self-sacrifice that I ever did in my life." <laughs> yeah, I gave it to him. I didn't take it home, but I felt that God blessed him because of that. It's that simple. You know how often I think we miss that. I think God's speaking to us all the time. Don't be scared of it. This has been a podcast of the Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.